0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shred Stakes. This is season two, episode five, and I'm excited to be back here. Uh, I'm doing my normal schedule Friday and Sunday. I said a episode yesterday that was really good. I encourage you guys to give that a listen as well. But I think today is important to talk about some issues within the NBA and NFL that I saw surface up this week, and I wanted to bring my own opinion on those. So jumping right into it. I want to talk about Avery Bradley's loss to the Lakers, what it means for their championship run, and how I feel J.R. Smith will help that uh, championship run, or will he not help it? So getting right into it, as you guys know, Avery Bradley decided to stay home and care for his family because his son's six-year-old son is immunely compromised. So he was worried about going down to the bubble, contracting coronavirus and no one blames him for that that makes sense and you know his teammates can be angry all they want but the health of your family comes first so I wish him and his family well during these tough times but the Lakers just acquired J.R. Smith and J.R. Smith was at the NBA and the last time he really played was in a catch uniform full season was when LeBron was there so I think it's a good pickup. I do, because J.R. Smith is very talented. Career 37% three-point shooter. Career 12.5 points a game. A guy who can create his own shot, like I said. And a guy who's played with LeBron James. So there's a chemistry help there as well. So it's not like you're getting a new piece that you never played with. And you add some shooting and some spacing, like a good defender, and a guy who, you know, again has played well in big moments, but also I mean has had bad moments too, like the 2018 issue. But he has proven to play pretty well in some playoff series as well in the past. So that's kind of where I look at it there. In terms of their championship run though, I think with Avery Bradley, I picked them clearly as the favorite to win the championship because of Avery Bradley's defense. But without Avery Bradley there, they are still my favorite but there's a slimmer chance I believe they win a championship now because of what Avery Bradley did mean chemistry-wise for the team. And what I mean basically is people are going to look at J.R. Smith's stats and say, well, he's a better offensive player. Yeah, he probably is. But he's not as good of a defensive player as Avery Bradley is. Avery Bradley is one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. And what that does for a team is that he can pick up Patrick Beverly full court make it difficult for him to handle the basketball. He's also a guy that you know will give you nine uh, nine on 44% shooting and 36% from three every night. He's a guy that will play hard. He's a guy that will understand the system. And you're integrating J.R. Smith into a system that's different than the past systems he's played with in the past, right, because you have LeBron at point guard now, and you run a lot of pick and roll, and you have to be willing to get less shots if you're a guy like J.R. Smith. So – that all that together is going to make it a little bit harder. I still believe in the Lakers because I believe in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. However, it's going to be a harder chance for them to win because of the fact they're integrating a new chemistry piece, integrating a guy who's not quite good as good defensively as Avery Bradley. So, the reason why that's important is because you have know, Anthony Davis and LeBron as your top two in defensive win shares, and Avery Bradley was three. But Avery Bradley is a guy who, when they last saw the against the Clippers he picked up Patrick Beverly full court and made it really difficult for Patrick Beverly to drill the ball. He took the ball from a few times. He provided 24 points in 25 minutes. So he's a guy that you can, you can consistently count on. Now you look really Kuzma has, is not a really reliable guy because Kuzma is not known to make big shots in big games yet. Even though I like Kuzma, I think he's a very talented piece. He's very inconsistent this year. He was only averaging 11 points a game, and that's because he's having a really difficult time integrating to that third role. So, how will JR Smith integrate? Hopefully, well for the Lakers, but it's a slimmer chance for sure because of what Avery Bradley meant to the team. And if it was like I had them as a probably 70% likelihood they won the championship before, it's probably 55% now because the Clippers are more talented. The reason I didn't believe in the Clippers was the fact that they just didn't have a lot of chemistry together. And the last time they played the Lakers, they lost. But I think what's really going to indicate that choice for me, too, is when they play in the first game of the bubble. And that will tell me how both teams are stacked up. If the Lakers win that, that'll make me feel a little bit more confident in my pick. But really, what's going to stem down to is how those teams face off against each other when they play each other in that period of time in the bubble in that first game on July 31st. So that's really what. It's gonna send down to again. My point is basically it's gonna make a slimmer chance. I still believe in the Lakers because I think Jared Smith is a good pickup, and that's really where I go with that opinion. They also have Danny Green again, who's really reliable and a guy that has proven the playoffs to make big shots and play big and game big games, like game three of the 2019 finals against the Warriors. 18 big points on six threes, 2013 finals held the most threes made in a finals ever. So, you know, he's a reliable guy that you can also trust in those moments. And you also have LeBron AB who are proven superstars. And LeBron also is a guy who will be super disciplined during this bubble time. And like Draymond said, in those comments, that's where I picked the Lakers because I, I believe in LeBron's ability to lead his troops better than I think Kawhi will. And Kawhi is an unbelievable player. I think it will be his league soon. I don't think LeBron's going to allow him to take the throne yet. And that's where I go with that opinion. Now shifting on to a different thing within the NBA. I actually decided today that I would go through the Rockets eight game schedule because people look at the Rockets as the sleeper pick in the West or the sleeper pick overall to win a championship. And I agree if they are a sleeper pick because they have the talent to do it. Do I believe they will beat the Lakers or the Clippers? I don't because I think those teams are way too talented. Do I think they could beat the Nuggets, the Thunder, or the Jazz? Yes, I definitely believe that. The Jazz are a bit dysfunctional. The Thunder are a little bit too young. And the Nuggets don't necessarily know how Jokic is going to come back. So that is a bit of an issue right there. Because I would pick Denver, but I don't know how Jokic is going to come back after the coronavirus, even though he was in phenomenal shape. And James Harden lost 20 pounds. So that might make a big difference for the Rockets. But I decided to go through their eight games and basically go through their wins and losses and uh, each game and see how they would fare. So I looked at each game. So July 31st, they play the Mavericks. And the reason I said they would win this game because the problem with the Mavericks, even though they have size and athleticism, Porzingis does not play inside too much and Doncic is a guy who has a high usage rate but really relies a lot on the um, fact that he has the ball. And the problem is the Mavericks also are not the most athletic team, and the Rockets are very fast. And the problem, too, is that you have P.J. Tucker sitting in the corner, and they decided to put a center on Russell Westbrook. He's too fast, and the penetration issues are just going to be a big problem. But the reason why a small ball works is if the bigs of the other team are not quick enough to guard the guards and not quick enough to get it out to the three-point line, and the Mavericks, even though they can have the one the best offensive efficiency in the NBA, the Rockets, I believe, will take this one based on just the fact their small ball will work better against the Mavericks defense. And their next game is August second versus the Bucks. I have them losing this game because the Bucks are arguably the first or second best team in the East. And they're athletic enough to guard those guards with Giannis, with Middleton, George Hill, and Eric Bledsoe. Devin Chenzo, he's back. Wesley Matthews, like they're they're one of the, they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I think they have the best defensive efficiency right now. So that will be a little harder. And Giannis also will take advantage of their lack of size more than a guy like Porzingis will because Porzingis relies a lot more on driving to the rim and shooting threes. And that's not a knock on Porzingis. Porzingis is a great player, but he's not Giannis. So Giannis is going to take advantage of that. I don't see the Rockets beating them in that game. The August 4th, they play the Blazers. i say they win that one. They're a much more talented team than the Blazers are, and the Blazers are trying to integrate back Nurkis and Zach Collins during this bubble, even though I believe in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You're going to have Zach Collins or Nurkic who are coming back from an injury guarding either Westbrook or P.J. Tucker or chasing P.J. Tucker out to the corner. And no one really can stop Westbrook or Harden off the dribble. So I, I, I see the Rockets definitely taking that game just to the fact that they're just going to make it a lot tougher for the bigs on Portland to be able to defend them. And that's really where I, where I think that their small ball really pays uh, a big advantage for them. August 6th versus the Lakers, I had them losing this game. I understand they beat them earlier in February. But LeBron and AD, I think, will just destroy them inside. They have no matchup for them. I think J.R. Smith is also going to be a big offensive pickup, too, for shooting-wise and spacing. I just don't – and the Lakers are a really mobile team. JaVale McGee is a really mobile big who can guard guards. So is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can guard the one the one through the five if he has to. LeBron's the same kind of situation. Then you also have J.R. Smith who can defend. Alex Caruso can defend. Danny Green who can defend. Now, yes, they don't have Avery Bradley, which, again, I told you before, is a big loss offensively. But they're still, let's say, let's say they're still six in the defensive ratings. They're going to slow down the Rockets. And that's just my opinion there just based on the fact that I think they're just – they're long and they're too athletic and they're – Get their best players are going to punish the Rockets inside. And they also have enough three-point shooters to keep them in the game, too, because the Rockets will shoot a lot of threes. August 9th, they play the Kings, and they're going to beat the Kings by 10 or 15 points. Even though I believe in De'Aaron Fox is a great player, the Kings have very immobile bigs with Bielitsa and Alex Len, And if they're guarding Russell Westbrook or if they're guarding or have to chase out to P.J. Tucker or Robert Covington or Jeff Green, that's a big issue for them as a team. And in my opinion, that's going to not bode well for the Kings. And the Kings just aren't talented enough to beat the Rockets. And the Rockets come out there a game, they should win that one. And that's the way I look at it. August 11th versus the Spurs. Spurs are 24th in defensive efficiency. They also don't have Lamarcus Aldridge. They're going to be plugging in random guys like Trey Lyles or some other big at the five. DeMar DeRozan's their star player, but DeMar DeRozan does not shoot threes, and they're too young. And I think that the Rockets are just a much more talented team. And James Harden will have his way. Same thing with Russell Westbrook, and they'll make a lot of threes. They will win that game, also by I think a lot by like ten points at least. Against the Pacers on October, uh, sorry, August twelfth, I said this was a little bit tricky. I have the Rockets taking this one as well, based on the fact I just think they have enough offensive firepower to beat the really. Good defensive team in the Pacers. I don't think the Pacers have enough offensive firepower right now because I don't know what Oladipo is going to be like coming back because he hasn't been very good so far in his return from injury. Sabonis and Brogdon are in very good pieces. You know, Sabonis is an 18 and 10 guy, so he's doing a great job. But I think even though Sabonis is beating him down low, Miles Turner doesn't really post up. He shoots threes. And I don't know what Oladipo and going to be like. They're not a great offensive team. And defensively, it's just very hard to stop James Harden and Russell Westbrook if you don't have also the offensive firepower and enough stars to beat them. So that's also where I uh, draw the line and say that the Rockets would beat the Pacers. And in the last game on August 14th, I have the – it's against the Sixers. I actually had them losing this game. And people are going to probably say, how do you have them losing to the Sixers? The Sixers are away. But I really think the Sixers are going to come back focused. I think Ben Simmons is really focused. I think this time off was great for the Sixers because I think the Sixers really figured out what to do. Do I see it? See the Sixers coming out of the East? Not necessarily, but I think that they're going to beat them because I think that Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons are all just going to demolish them inside. And they have enough shooters. They just got uh, Ryan Bartlow, uh, who's a forty percent three point shooter. They also have. Uh, Cork Moss. Um, they also have Tobias Harris who can shoot. And I think that really helps them. And I think that they have enough shooters. And then they also have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who are dominant. You know, Joel Embiid is arguably the best center in the week. So that's going to be, a, that's where I have them not winning that. But I think that will be good enough to get them the fourth seed in the West because I think that they'll go five and three. Maybe they go six and two, but I see five and three, six and two. I mean, the Sixers game's a little up in the air. Um, but I would say probably five and three for them during these eight games. We'll get them the fourth seed in the West, which will give them a second round opponent in the Lakers. And that's where I kind of see the Rockets going from there. I had the Rockets losing the second round to the Lakers in about six games. Now shifting to another topic with the AC. So the AC in the West is between, in my opinion, really the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. The Trailblazers, I think, have a really difficult schedule. I think the Trailblazers also are integrating, even though they have a lot of talent, if they get in the playoffs, they can be really dangerous. I think they're integrating a little too many pieces back and have to figure out their defensive scheme a little too quickly for them to, I think, succeed. And do I believe in Damian Lillard? Absolutely. Do I think Damian Lillard could definitely get them the A seed? Sure. I mean, I think i rank him as the seventh best player in the NBA for a reason. I think he's dynamite. I think he's really good. But you're integrating Nurkis and Zach Collins back and you still have Hassan Whiteside. So that's going to be tough to figure out because Hassan Whiteside's has had a history of not being motivated all the time. And he's had a good year, but if you're bringing back Nurkic and Zach Collins, what does that do for Hassan Whiteside's motivation, right? So you feel like he feels undermined. That's where I see it being more the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. And originally I thought it was going to be the Grizzlies, but after seeing Zion Williamson recently in a workout video, I think it's going to be the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are going to get out of the West as the eighth seed. I think they'll lose to the Lakers in the first round in like five or six games. Um, Cause I think they have the talent to at least get one game in the Lakers. Do I, what's the reason I'm behind that Pelicans have the easiest schedule. They have star power with Brandon Ingram and Zion and drew holiday. I think that their fast pace, especially the pickup style makes it really difficult for teams to keep up with them. And, I also think, yeah, they have more talent than the team like the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are, great, are a great defensive team. John Moran and Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks are good players. I mean, John Moran and Jaron Jackson are a really good one-two combination. But I don't see anyone on that team stopping Zion from doing what he wants to do, especially because I think Zion's in better shape, which I think held him back a little bit in the regular season for even being better than he was. I also think that Drew Holiday is a really underrated player. That can make things tough for a guy like John Moran because he's such a good defender, and he can give him twenty on the on the offensive end as well. Lonzo Ball also has been having a really good year too, shooting the ball really well from three, making great plays in passing. Him and Zion have a great chemistry, so you basically have two point guards for the Pelicans that make it really difficult to guard them offensively. Now they're not a great defensive team, and I and I am understanding of that, but I think Alvin Gentry is a good enough coach to get them ready to go. And all you need is eight games, and I think that they'll go six and two or seven and one and there are eight games so that will also allow them to I think get the eighth seed because they'll play have that playing game I don't think they'll cast the grids in terms of wins but I think there'll be two or three games within them and that will allow them to be in the playing game and I think they'll beat them in the playoff play playing game for the eighth seed both times and that's really where I look at that and again you know I, I think it's just because I'm a believer in Zion Williamson because he's getting his act together in terms of his, of his weight and his conditioning. And he's motivated, getting more motivated by the minute. And that's really where I look at that and say, he's doing what he needs to do to get himself ready to go. And I think that's super important, right? At the end of the day, it's all about getting yourself motivated to go. It's getting a chemistry, right? And they look ready and motivated, ready to go. So will the Grizzlies. I'm telling you, John Morant's going to be coming for people's head and he's going to try and, you know, show what he can do and what he's capable of, but it's also integrating Jaron Jackson back, who is coming up an injury. I just think it's good. in Dylan Brooks as well. And the big problem, the reason why I see some of these teams succeeding and not succeeding is based on just how they can integrate these pieces back. And I think even with practice time, you don't have a ton of practice time and you don't have a ton of games. You have eight games. It's not like you have 20 games in the playoffs. You have eight regular season games that are really critical and that's going to be hard in that own right right so that's just going to be difficult too now shifting gears to the nfl cam duton now is a patriot which i think is a great pickup for the patriots and i think the patriots now could be a 10 and 6 team be a playoff team fighting with the bills for the tops you know for winning the afc east and it's because I think Can's playmaking is good enough to get them there. I think that Belichick also will put him in a system that will make him successful. And the Patriots will find a way to get weapons around him that are better. And, and also the Patriots have a phenomenal defense, so that will also help them get that 10-6 record. I looked at their schedule, too, after I saw watched the Herd and by Colin Cowherd, great sports analyst. I think you guys should give him a definitely a look if you have it anyway. He definitely knows what he's talking about a lot of issues. But he gives him a 9-7 because he has not losing to the Chargers. I would have the in the Chargers. But they're probably going to be about a 10-16, I think, this year. And, look, the good news for the Patriots, too, is this is a one-year experiment in a sense. If Cam produces, you keep him. If he doesn't, you put Jared Cinnamon. And I think that's really where you go from there and see what happens as things progress forward. And I think that's really important for people to understand is that Cam Newton is coming up an in injury. And I think he'll be good. And I think the Patriots fans should be excited because they got him for a really cheap deal. But I don't think you guys are going to be a Super Bowl contender. I think you'll be a playoff team. I think you'll be maybe a first round out playoff team or a bubble playoff team at 10 and 6, 9 and 7, something around there. But I, I think probably more than 10 to 6 route. And that's really what's going to come down to. I mean, I think Camden's a great player. I do. I think that he's a once in a generation type talent. But don't know how he's going to come off injury. And also they have a really tough beginning part to their schedule. So that's where I look at it from there. And I think that's perfectly reasonable from my end to see that and think that as well, because that's overall just the impression I get from watching Cam is that he's really good and has a lot of dynamics, but I just don't know how good he'll be off injury. So I think give him a 10 and six record makes a lot of sense. Because I think that the, the, a lot of the, the, their wins are games they should win. And then the losses, those losses, yeah, they'll, they'll probably have. And, you know, there are some games that go in between, but I do believe that Belichick is good enough to get Cam to the next level. And also, I think this is better for Cam and more important for Cam than Belichick. With that debate, too, because people are going to look at Belichick and say Brady may – Belichick I think it was an equal partnership I think Brady was unbelievable but I think Belichick made Brady better than I think his talent would have been anywhere else I think he won more because of Brady acclimating to his system and I think that Cam will benefit from being in a structured system and a winning tradition and culture such as the Patriots and that will allow them I think to be 10 and 6 and I think that It's going to be better for Cam because I think he will have a redemption year. I think he will have a good year and they will be about 10 and six, like I said. So that's really where I go from, from there. And the last thing I wanted to bring up was I saw Colin Cowherd give his 10 best AFC quarterbacks. So I thought today I would give my 10 best NFC quarterbacks who I believe will be the best quarterbacks next year. And how I'm basing these rankings off of are from their talent last year like what they produced last year what their current situation is and their and yeah I, I, those are really the two how how they did last season and their current situation now who are the pieces around them how's their coach how's their division that kind of stuff because if you're basing this off of career achievements the list will be definitely a lot different however i think i believe in these guys specifically to be the 10 best. So I'm going to give the list right now and I'll start. So my number one quarterback in the NFC is Russell Wilson and people are going to debate that with me, but Russell Wilson currently had an unbelievable year last year. Um, You know, he was a guy that was just leading them through so many difficult times with, you know, a play caller and Pete Carroll that runs, wants to run the football more and not let him go loose. He had, a, like, you know, above a 64% completing percentage. He threw, like, 4,000 yards last year, really take, took care of the football and really did anything for that team last year. Um, and he led them to a uh, 12-4 and record last year, 11-5, something like that. And that's unbelievable. And it's strictly because of how – what he can do. And he just I – he mean, he beat the Niners at the Niners, um, which is a really tough place to win. And he also just, again, from my mindset too, he also almost beat the Packers. I mean, he came, almost came back and won. And you can say Aaron Rodgers beat him last year, but the Packers, in my opinion, also had, like, if it was in Seattle, Seattle would have won that game. Um, and he almost beat Aaron Rodgers, I think, with a less talented team. So Russell Wilson's won. Aaron Rodgers, I have his two. And I think Aaron Rodgers is still not done. I think he actually did have a good year last year. He had, I believe, 28 touchdowns and four interceptions last year. And I don't think he's nearly done. I think that it was his first year adapting to Matt LaFleur. And his system, I think he'll be better this year. I think he still has Aaron Jones. He still has good deep threats. And he has a good, good offensive line. And I think Matt LaFleur is a good play caller. I like his situation. I'm going to put him at two. Number three, I have Tom Brady, and the reason I give Tom Brady this edge is even though Tom Brady's old, he's in a phenomenal situation. He's in a team with a emerging good defense. He has an unbelievable deep threat wide receiving core, good tight ends, a good running game, and the Tampa Bay is going to be, I think, the – best team in the nfc south this year or at least them and the saints will like will be tussling for that spot they're definitely going to be a team i think that you know gets Steve in the playoffs because i just think tom brady is going to have a much better year this year than they did last year and i have tom brady at three number four i have carson wentz carson wentz basically had an unreal year last year i think he threw if i'm correct he was he led them to a nine and seven record, um, and he also, you know, it's interesting. You know, he he he's he's a guy that also I think has the talent to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And he, okay, so yeah, so last year he had a 64% completing percentage. He had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year, and he also got injured in that playoff game. So. His talent, the fact that he didn't really have a great team around him, like emerging wide receivers that are trying to figure it out, and he led them when he had to to overcome tough odds when everyone thought the Cowboys were going to get it. He beats the Cowboys at home, completely outplays Dak Prescott, and he's a guy, yeah, with, with, the, with the talent. I, he is an elite-level quarterback. He's really good at what he does, and as a Giants fan, I mean, he's, he's tough. I mean, he's a, he's a tough quarterback to go against because, you know, he does deliver. His career is 97 touchdowns and 35 interceptions, and he has a 64% completing percentage, which is very good. So that's number four for me. Number five is Drew Brees. Drew Brees had a good year last year as well, and yes, I saying he's getting a little bit older, so that's also why I put him under Carson Wentz. And I also, you know, think based on his situation, I just don't know how lots of guys are going to, want to be wanting to play for him um I think they should want to you know should give him you know the benefit of the doubt as long as he does right things but I think that he'll have a good year next year I think he'll you know compete for that top spot in the NFC and I think he still has a lot of game left in him um number six I have Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins really proved that he could be clutch last year beating the Saints in the first round and proving that he could do a lot of great things as well and even though he didn't play great against the Niners the Niners had one of the best events in the NFL and he got past the first round he proved a lot last year in terms of his numbers in terms of what he did just in clutch moments outplaying a guy like Drew Brees in the playoffs I always just put that give that to a guy like him and he just proved a lot to me last year personally I think he did an unbelievable job number seven I have Matt Ryan and it's because I, you know the Falcons had a bad year last year. Matt Ryan still put up really good stats last year, and you know just I think that's really important. Um, I think you know you look at you look at last year, he had a 66 percent completing percentage. He had 26 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, and that was with a really poor team. But I think that they're, they're going to upgrade a little bit more this year. Um, they I think they they're getting. Todd Gurley. So that's going to really help them too. So yeah, he had a 92 rating last year. I mean, the pre, in 2018, he had a 108 rating. So I don't think he's going down. I think he, he's still, you know, doing great things as well. So number eight, I have Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford is in my opinion, um, one of the more talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And he was leading this team to a playoff type record before he got hurt. They were 0-8 without him, um, and I think that's a, a big thing to look at, too. They were 3-4-1 with him, and he didn't have a, lot, a really a lot of good luck or talent with that team. So that's why I put him at 8. Number 9, um, I'm going to put Dak Prescott, and that's because I think he has the t- he had a great year last year. You know, they, they went 8-8 eight and eight, through for more than 4,000 yards, had great-looking numbers, and he's got a lot of talent around him. He has one of the best wide-receiving cores in the NFL. Still a good offensive line, even though It's an aging offensive line. He still has Ezekiel Elliott, so his play-action game will work out well next year, and he'll put up a lot of good stats next year. And number ten, I have Kyler Murray. So the reason I have Kyler Murray at ten and not a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, not a guy like Jared Goff, is because Kyler Murray had a really good rookie year with a with getting sacked the most in the NFL. He got an upgrade offensive line, an upgrade running game, and an upgrade receiving core with DeAndre Hopkins. And that's going to make his stats inflated for sure. And he's going to have a big pop year this year because he's going to be learning from those mistakes. And that's where I ended up. And, again, Jared Goff and Jimmy G are better quarterbacks than some of the guys in this list. The reason I don't have Jimmy G on this list is because Jimmy G didn't prove enough to me last year. Jimmy G threw for 198 yards in two playoff games last year. He relies a lot on his running game and, I think, his system – Now, if Jimmy G comes out this year and starts throwing 300 yards and winning a lot of big games when he has to, I'll 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 give him the edge over some of those quarterbacks. And Jared Goff had a bad year last year, and he's a guy that I just you know when you have him under pressure, he's just not that good. And when he doesn't have a great target, that made a big difference for him. When Todd Gurley wasn't in the lineup, he was really bad. Um, And you know, I think that Jimmy G again, you know, he again that's going to be one that's probably going to be debated by a lot of fans too. It's the fact that his, I think his system made him and he hasn't proven enough to me. um Yes. I think he had a very good year last year, but I want to see more from him this year for me. I have him at 11. So again, the NFC, in my opinion, has the better quarterbacks out of the two divisions. And I was, you know, Patrick Mahomes obviously is the best quarterback in the NFL, but you look at the rest of the week, the NFC, I think has better quarterbacks. And I just think that Jimmy G right now is a product of a really good running game and a good defense for him to win because I think the Niners have that. But if he proves this year that he can accomplish more than that, then I'll give it to him. And that's really where I go to at the end of the day when I make these rankings is what they did last season and where I currently see them going this year based on the talent around them. And if you look at Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan, for example, you know, those people will debate me on that list too. They have proven last year they could do a lot too with really bad teams and they got upgrades so that's also going to help them as well in their next year do I think the Lions will be a great team next year no not necessarily but I think Matt will put up great numbers I think Matt Ryan will definitely have the Falcons in that playoff hunt next year because he is a notably clutch quarterback and a guy that has proven to do a lot of good stuff in in the past and even last year he did have pretty good numbers and that was one of his more down years and he still had 67 67% completing percentage and 26 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So that's really where, and he was getting, you know, pressured all game long usually. So they upgrade the offensive line a little bit since he's been, since that season and everything like that. So again, you know, this is my opinion, right? So, and I, I have my criteria for it. It's not career achievements. It's not what they did going forward. It's about their current situation and also about what they did last season. So where i project them to be this season. And that's why I had a guy like Kyler Murray on the list. And he's not necessarily a better quarterback in terms of career achievements than Jared Goff or Jimmy G. But he's going to have, I think, a better year than those both guys will because of the talent around him and also what he's going to be asked to do. Jimmy G is going to be asked to hand the ball off a lot more still because the running game is the best part of their game. And Jared Goff is going to have a down year because I think Todd Gurley really helped him out a lot. I think the Rams will be about a 9-7, 10-16 again this year. I think the 49ers will make the playoffs, and so will the Seahawks in that kind of division. And the worst team in that division will be the Cardinals, so they'll probably be 8-8. and So, like, you know, that, that's where I also look at it too. And, again, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will be back on Sunday with the owner of Wave Band, Max Hofsetter. So, stay tuned for that. It's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on all the platforms I post usually this podcast on. So, hope you guys enjoy this. Thank you.